Great to have your company on the program this Monday morning. Julian King in the chair for Summer Mornings 0457 736 736. Talking about unsung heroes on the program today. Back to your text in a moment. We're going to talk more cricket, of course, with Bryce McGain, former Test Risty and SEN cricket expert after Australia comprehensively defeated Pakistan by 360 runs inside four days at Optus Stadium. He's here to decode it all. He's on the line right now. Morning, Bryce. G'day, Julian. And uh, look, the, the margin looks like a big one, but there's some positive signs for Pakistan in actual fact, I think. Well, let's start there then. I mean, they're the two debutante bowlers. I heard Mark Warren commentary say, you know, one debutante, fine, but, you know, in this cauldron that is Australia, it's it's always a risk. Uh, they, you know, certainly they wasted the new ball on day one, but, you know, Jamal got the six, Shazad showed glimpses. So, so there are positive signs, some resilience in their batting, although it's, you know, some of the shot making, that, sorry, the decision making rather uh, left a bit to be desired. Yeah, it's a, it's relentless. Australia in the particularly that second innings. I thought the first innings they handled things pretty well, albeit a bit slow. They were resilient. Um, you know, they gave Australia a big challenge to get them out. Um, I guess it broke down after that. You know, the coaching staff have said, you know, they're hoping to develop the process that challenges the very best, and that's where I think the positive signs are at, because they took some sessions off Australia throughout the test. Um, and it all became just a bit overwhelming in the end. Uh, Australia's pressure, they're just absolutely relentless. This is a, a bowling group that is extraordinary success. But the positives were, uh, you know, I think there's a, a lot to like there. Uh, you're right, they wasted the new ball early. They got a bit excited um, and, and probably with the bounce and all that. And then they started pitching the ball up and knocking Australia over by bowling them means you're pitching the ball up at the right length and it's moving we can expect the similar conditions to what we have in Perth at the MCG. Um, there will be bounce and pace. I know that sounds unusual for the MCG, but that's the way it's been playing for about two or three years now. Um, uh, the, the curators and the staff there have prepared a wicket that actually has this bounce and carry. So it'll be similar conditions. And I think they, they imp- the bowlers improved their length and they, they, they got better as the game went on. As I say, the batting in the end, it became a bit overwhelming. But oh, they're the positive signs that I certainly saw, Julian. Mm-hmm. They need better returns from their attack leader, Shaheen Shah Afridi. But you talked about that pressure mounted by the Australian bowlers. Probably exemplified, wasn't it, Bryce, by that dismissal of Imam Mulhaka. He'd done all the hard work to dig the heels in and then just, you know, they get bogged down. And that is the building of pressure, isn't it? Lost his head, charged line and and gets out stumped. But the other thing, too, with that first dig, I mean, the amount of times that ball beat the bat, we thought, you know, some days you find the edges, other days you don't. And that sort of came to pass in that second innings. Um, I hope at the moment, Bryce, that we appreciate how special this quartet is. It is going to go down as one of the great quartets in Test cricket history, not just Australian Test cricket history, but Test cricket history. If not the greatest, uh, the sums are all coming in. Uh, Nathan Lyon, of course, ticking over 500 test wickets. The rest have got big bags themselves. And it's the balance of the attack and what they all provide. A tall right arm uh, in terms of Hazelwood, then Cummins is a bit more skiddy. Um, and, you know, right at the very pointy end, number one in the world uh, for many uh, for a long period of his life. Uh, Nathan Lyon, um, an off-spinner that survives in Australia because he's just found a solution to it and He's cut his own path, really. He, he's, he's second to none in bowling off-spin in Australian conditions, and he's been highly successful all the way around the world. And, and of course, then you've got the, the firepower left armour. So the, the balance of that attack is just incredible. And you add in that the all-round 
capabilities of Marsh as well, but that four um, in terms of what they've been able to produce for Australia is incredibly special. This team is great. They're number one in the world for a reason. And uh, you're right, we, we should be celebrating them. We kind of look for the, the fault in Australia a lot, don't we? And uh, But I think there's a lot to celebrate, not in the least, uh, you know, Dave Warner on his swan song as well. We'll get to Warner in a moment. Obviously, Lyon, the man of, well, well, the man of the moment, I guess that we can say. But, I mean, final test week, it's, I saw a quote from Darren Berry in the early, early days. He said, there's something different about this guy. He rips it and dips it. You know, he gives gives it good ribs, gets over the top. So he's not your run-of-the-mill sort of flatter off-spin bowler. But, you know, in the early stage of his stages of his career, Bryce, would anybody in their wildest imagination have thought that he would get to 500 test wickets? No, I don't think so. And uh, it was a period, and uh, I know it well because I, I was running through it, but it was a period where Australia really didn't know what the spin role was after Shane Warne. So a lot of players mm. got tried in, in that. Um, you know, are they there con- to contain, take wickets? Um, and I guess it just took uh, the, the trust in a player um, to go and do those sort of things. Um, sometimes the spinners can be expensive, but Nathan Lyon's been able to protect himself well um, and he had to evolve early on when he had really favourable conditions. Sometimes he, he, he wasn't able to spin Australia to victory. But he evolved. He got better. And, uh, you know, it's his willingness and appetite to learn. And at, at, at 36, he's got many years ahead of him if he wants to do it. If he's, huh. if he's got that, clearly he's got the support of his family, you know, to hear his wife um, after the test match as well talk publicly and, and glowingly and uh, know that it's supporting. He spoke exactly the same, you know, his kids and, and everyone around him, he said, you know, he wouldn't be there if he hadn't had the love and support. And that's an important aspect when you get to that later stage in your career, I guess, um, that you have all that support to keep going. And, um, you know, I guess there was a question mark because he did do a calf, and, uh, but he's bounced back. He's clearly done all the right work physically. I think he's, he's better all round. It's not just his calf's improved in fitness, but I think he's just looking a bit stronger. He looks a bit fitter even a bit lean around the middle from where he was in the Ashes series. So there's a lot of things, this clear amount of work that he's doing. He's still got that appetite to, to be at the very best. Um, to credit to him, because bowling off spin in Australia is incredibly difficult, particularly on these uh, these first class and test wickets where it really doesn't spin a whole lot. But, uh, you know, he's just found a way. He hits a length. He's, um, he's tremendous. He's been great for Australian cricket. Yeah, and you know as well as anyone, Bryce, at 36, is not too old to play test match cricket. But, you know, looking at his stats, breaking down his stats, you know, for, for an off-spinner, a finger-spinner to have those returns on Australian wickets where other greats of the game do not is, is testament to his ability. But but also, you know, his evolution into just reading a pitch, knowing when to speed it up, slow it down to extract the most out of it, just an intelligent cricketer. Spot on. And I had a stat Julian, to that, it. That's the key. That is the key. Yeah. He's been adaptable. He's learned. He bowls with a scrambled team when he goes to India. He learns. He watches. He observes. He's a, he's a curious cricketer. That's what makes him great. That's what makes him the best great. And it's uh, mm. great to be seeing that that evolution all the way along for 500 Test wickets. Pretty awesome. It is, and he's holding up so well. You know, who knows where the end point is? Pat Cummins said he could get to 700, and yeah, wouldn't put him past him at the moment. David Warner 164. Look, Mitch Marsh got Player of the Match 90 and 63. I thought Warner was a bit hard done by. I know he got the duck in the second innings, but you know, with that 164, he, he sets the whole game up. Well, the commentary group um, marked him pretty tough. I would have thought I was expecting him to win. That's where the game was won early yep. on. And, and it wasn't particularly easy. When the best balls got bowled, it was still a real challenge. 
unfortunately, they didn't bowl, didn't bowl enough of them on that day one, particularly in those first couple of sessions. Uh, and, and the game really escalated away. And that was because of Dave Warner prepared to take it on and some audacious shots at times, some scoop shots and all sorts of stuff. But he, he played his way. And uh, it, look, it, it, it did silence a lot of people. They had, had to eat some humble pie because, uh, you know, he, he delivered once again, um, you know, when he was under the most pressure. Quick one before we let you go. You know, Marnus at three, Smith at four. You know, Marnus looked a little bit scratchy. Smith is sort of getting starts, not going on with it. Is anything concerning you from what you've seen, albeit through a small sample size? No, not really concerning. Um, look, they're going to bowl some good deliveries. These are capable players. They've got good, solid first-class records. I think that's why what you touched at the start, two debutantes, maybe a few too many. Um, but... It was the fact that they've had a good body of work behind them. They've played a lot of first-class cricket and been successful. So they they added the extra batting depth. They had all-rounders in there. But, look, there's going to be some good balls bowled, and there certainly were. They they did really well. I thought at times there's some positive signs there. And I think Pakistan will get better. The more familiar they get with it, they've been in the heat of the battle. There's no doubt the coaching staff will reflect on those types of good moments for them. So the, the Australians, look, they're going to get good balls, and, and they did do that. Look, uh, no concerns in that batting order. It'll be rock solid. They'll continue on, provided the bowlers are all fit and going. Um, it, it'd be an unchanged team, I would have thought, for the Boxing Day test. Oh, certainly. So 15th straight test loss for Pakistan in Australia. He's hoping for a contest in Melbourne. Good on you, Bryce. Always good to chat. Thank you. Great to talk with you, Julian. Have a ripper day. And you. There is Bryce McGain, 0457 736 736. Nathan Lyon. You can't change anything. If Marnus was injured, the question is who would come in? I imagine they'd pick Green. That's fascinating. The other thing I said too, and Victorians won't like to hear this, but after he got admitted in the Ashes, I said to my brother at times, I think Scott Boland has played his last Test match. I know he's in the squad, but he's getting on. Lance Morris most certainly has leapfrogged him. So if one of the quicks went down, I reckon Morris debuts. I have a feeling, I don't know, as good as his Melbourne record is, that Scott Boland may have played his last Test match for Australia. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the open line number. Happy to take your call on anything and everything related to sport on the program today and keep those texts coming in. We'll rip through those after the break. 0457 736 736. You're on Summer Mornings.